Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I am Josh Horowitz, your fearless podcast leader, and for the next little while, hopefully entertaining uh, your ears, your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit with this amazing conversation with Anna Kendrick. Who doesn't love Anna Kendrick? This girl, this lady, this broad this dame um she is currently of course starring in pitch perfect Two: raking in the dough she she kind of can do no wrong right now um i've had the uh opportunity to, to talk to anna to get to know anna over uh the years uh kind of grew up together in a weird way through the twilight saga I will always have these connections with the whole cast of Twilight. Um, started to interview her back then uh, and have seen her do such amazing work um, in films like 50-50 and Into the Woods recently, last five years, uh, which you guys should check out. Um, she And I feel like she's just blown up. I, mean, I should mention Up in the Air, of course, too. My God, Oscar nomination for that one. Um, and now Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2. She's become a star in her own right. She is funny she is sweet she's smart um she rules social media um everybody loves anna kendrick and uh it was such a treat to welcome her to my office for this conversation so in a moment enjoy that one um if a couple notes uh hopefully by now you've checked out uh last week's bonus episode of happy second fused with the amazing george miller director of mad max fury road uh if you haven't if you've seen the film Trust me, this is must listen. Um, this is must listening, must listen viewing. Just listen to it. You should check it out. Um, it's a great conversation with one of the best filmmakers around talking about one of the best movies around right now. So go back, check that out, uh, and then come back here. You back? Okay, good. Anyway, um, that's uh, happening. Um, and as always, I want to answer a couple of your questions. Uh, this is a new thing. We've been trying this out because we're interactive because it's the year 2015. And I want to hear from you guys. And I guess some of you want to hear from me, which is sweet. Thanks. So here are a couple questions. Let's see. Um, let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, Sir ZJPK. That's... I don't know what to make of that, but that's your handle. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to uh, forgive you for that weird handle because you took the time to tweet me a question. Um, Josh, do you have a man crush? And if so, who is it? Or you can just admit that you love Tom. I know who you're talking about. I know who you guys think I'm in love with. You guys think I love Tom Hiddleston. Um, I do love Tom. Tom's awesome. Tom is one of the best. Um, sure. Tom Hiddleston is a man crush. He's a great actor. A good friend to Happy Say Confused and my shenanigans, and uh, an all round swell guy. So, yes, we'll put him in that category. I will say, my wife always um, comments on uh, my interviews, my conversations, the way she claims the way I look at Paul Rudd is true love. Um, I claim the way we look at each other is true love. I think it's a reciprocal thing. So let's calm down. Um, but no, I, <laughs> I will admit Paul uh, and I, I feel like I always have a very um, simpatico kind of vibe. Uh, and uh, it's always a treat to talk to him. He will hopefully be on the podcast at some point. Who knows? Maybe for Ant-Man. Um, but uh, we talked recently in, uh, at CinemaCon in Las Vegas. You can check out that interview um, on the MTV YouTube channel. And uh, judge for yourself whether I'm gazing at him with what can be considered true love or uh, just um, maybe I have a migraine. I don't remember. 
Maybe it was a little love. Um, but he's, yeah, so we can put him in that category. Uh, let's see. One other question before we go to the interview. Here is one from uh, Handmade High Tech. Um, what do you obsess over besides pop culture? Is there a weird niche of pop culture that you're into? Hmm. Good question. Um, what do I obsess over? Well, I mean, here's one that, that we don't talk about a lot on the podcast. I mean, it's not really... Yeah, it's, it's, it's off the beaten path of pop culture, I guess. Sports. Sports is a little bit of its own thing. Um, big Yankees fan. Grew up obsessed with the Yankees. Less so now. There's less time to be obsessed with the Yankees, but that's a big uh, one for me. Baseball, always big. Um, and then niche, like niches in pop culture that I'm super into. Um, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars. Hate to be a cliche, but both of those huge... Um, things for me growing up and remain to this day. I, I went to sci-fi conventions. I went to Star Trek conventions. I uh, watched every TV series up until Enterprise. Let's be frank. Enterprise was not much to, you know, talk about. Um, even Voyager. I kind of bailed on Voyager halfway through. But these these Space Nine, totally my jam. Next Generation, loved it. Original series, of course. So, yeah, Star Trek, I would say, is a niche. You know, I read some of the books. I, yeah, I was, I was all up into that. And Star Wars, I feel like it's not a niche. Everybody's into Star Wars, but certainly was a huge one for me. So there you go. Those are two off the top of my head. Uh, never, like, I never went heavy into, like, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I enjoyed the movies, but I, I never read the books. It was just never my thing, um, but certainly enjoyed what Peter Jackson did. So there you go. Uh, that's Those are your questions for this week. As always, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Send me your crazy, silly, stupid, amazing, awesome questions. Uh, all you have to do is send it with, your, with your, the hashtag happy, sad, confused. That's easy. Come on. doesn't get any easier than that. Um, also easy, I'm the master of the segue, is sitting back and relaxing and enjoying this conversation with the amazing Anna Kendrick. You don't have to, by the way, sit back and relax. You could be running on the treadmill. I'm not telling you to stop. Just, I guess just continue doing whatever you're doing and hopefully let this wash over you and uh, add to the brightness of your hopefully already bright day. Enough talking? Okay. Here's Anna Kendrick. Uh, yeah, it, that that must be a treat for you getting people here. Yeah, it's fun that way. It must well, be a treat for you getting here, as well, a matter of fact. We have an office now. Hey, how are you? Uh, if anyone needs wants to be in here, feel free now. Okay. If not, we're gonna close the door. Should I shut the door? That'd be great. Not on camera, right? No. Okay. Do you want someone in here? Do you want to wait for no, I'm fine. Okay. Security, okay. need help? You're fine. Uh, no, I'll just put that there. Um, can I take the pashmina off of ET and use it? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's a little chilly. Feel free. Um, yeah, yeah. Is that okay, or is it like it's like a? That is, um, yes, that is appropriate for you to use as much as you wish. I'm trying to think if I have anything else here to help you um, keep warm. I don't think my um, plaid shirts will help you. No, but this is going to be great. This you is want an so ugly weird. Sweater? Yeah, it's it's creepy. It's been it's been there for a while. You and ET. So I'm the first person to. Yeah, you're the first person besides a stuffed animal to actually uh, wear that pashmina. Although it's a little wrinkled. Well, it's been on it, ET. It's been within extraterrestrial. Um, it, it really works for you. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to see <laughs> Do I look you, angelic? You to oh, as always. <laughs> so good to see you. Have we begun? 
Yeah, has it begun? Just do it, great, right? great. Let's dispense just, with the. In case, in case it wasn't clear to the listeners, I just took a pashmina off of a stuffed animal in Josh's as, office as is your want. to um, <laughs> to keep myself warm against the harsh realities of this office and um, and the literal. But cult. also yes. that I would I would okay. like to say that that brings up the question of stuffed animals in your office and stuffed animals wearing white pashminas <laughs> in your office. Look, <laughs> I need to keep it interesting over here. Yeah. I, got, I recently got a, um, uh, a creepy... Um, uh, a creepy... Oh, that's creepy a, yeah, clown. that's like an old-fashioned creepy... This is promoting um, poltergeist. I don't put any just sure. any swag in my office, but okay. this this rose to the level of... This is something to keep, I have think. Have you seen Poltergeist? I have. Is it good? It's all right. Yeah. It's a remake. Yeah. I mean, good people, though. Great, great actors. Worked with... Yeah, and Mr. Rockwell. yeah, Rockwell and uh, um, uh, Rosemary DeWitt. Yes, yeah, amazing. I love Rosemary. Um, I'm uh, I'm doing a little sketchy sketch with uh, with Sam tomorrow. Oh, great! That's going to be epic. And he's a hero. He's kind yeah. of the best human being on the planet. Yes. Um, welcome, as I said before, to horrible Times Square. Uh, so sweet of you to negotiate the traffic. Oh, my pledge. I mean, I didn't do anything. I like sat in the back of a car, like no, tweeting and playing Candy Crush. Like, yeah. Oh, that's. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm wonderful. <laughs> um, how's, the, how's the press tour treating you? Um, you? It's good. It's, it's almost over. Um, so I'm in that kind of loopy place where I'm just sort of saying it, good. saying it, you know, getting real. Because it is funny when you start, it feels like you are, or at, at this point um, in my career, um, I've begun like saving certain stories because I can't just blow my load in totally. the first week of press tours because then people just repeat the st- they're like we heard there was a crazy story about you and a monkey and he stole your hat and I'm like yeah that's the whole story so you just told it to me because so then I just right. go yeah yeah there was this monkey and um it then it stole my hat and like you, like you said like you said just to be clear that is an example I'm making up but you know like do you make up stories have you ever made up one I want to so badly you're there, not that person James Corden made up a you know like a story that involved sort of pranking me um for into the woods and I was like more power to you just get it done like right. get it done yeah. you know so like I would be I'm fine with people making up stories and I, I I would do it but I don't know just something I can't it's not like I feel bad about it or something no I no just you just don't think you can pull it off like, or, yeah that's yeah, yeah, yeah. it like I feel not like, like I would go it, w- it would it. either be shut up <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a writer god damn it um, well, but um I feel like it would either be like something really boring anyway, and they would right. be like, "Well, that's not a good story," right. or I'd just go too far, right. and I'd be like, "And we were abducted by aliens." <laughs> and, that really yeah, that's that not. Enough. Hey, wait a minute, there, sister. Uh, speaking of James, I love Honk. Do you know? Oh, I well, love you, of this. course, I of all people, would know and love Honk. Years ago, my God, I saw it. So, like, it was like in the. I saw it in the round in like a local Connecticut right community theater production of it. Not community, like regional. Right. Regional. It was, I had, I, but I loved it. I, I had no knowledge it. of it. Uh, previous um, uh, this guest is a mu- of the this show. This is a musical comedy. A musical comedy. Uh, Allison Williams was kind enough to come on the show, and we t- and she just invariably brought up Honk, and I found it endlessly amusing. Uh, so. Oh. That's oh the God. reason for that being up there. Was she in it or? I, she, I think she talked about it as like a formative experience of seeing Honk and just being, fell, falling in love with I musical see. theater. That's so funny. Um, speaking of musical theater, speaking of James Corden, uh, I think the last time I saw you was actually at 
into the woods. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. This, this. this felt amusing and really felt appropriate to me at the time. It was the party for Into the Woods, and I saw you, and you were very kind to say hi. Yes, yes. Um, the, yeah. And I introduced you to my wife, which was lovely. And there was a there was a moment where I felt like this is it. This is wh- this is my place in the universe to a T. Where you, we were chatting, and someone tapped you on the shoulder, and you turned around, and then you came back to me and said. Uh, Josh, I, I have to go. John Ham just tapped me on the shoulder, and I have to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a bitch. No, you're not. No, oh you're my not. god. I, no, 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 I didn't say it for that purpose. I just felt like it was just like, oh, this is a. I got to be in a fun little Hollywood moment with John Ham. <laughs> um, what did John say to you that was so fucking important? Oh, uh, clearly nothing. So I don't remember. <laughs> oh my god. Well, that serves me right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. That's funny. That party was. Um, a little intense because um, the uh, the after party for premieres has changed drastically in the time that people have gone from having um, maybe one person has a camera on their phone to uh, yeah. everyone has a camera on their phone. Yep. And um, yeah, it's definitely become more of like a Comic-Con sort of meet and greet situation. Yeah, you have to be than, on. You can't um, just relax. Yeah, exactly. So I was, it was, I remember that being a funny one because I was like doing that thing where you're trying to make sure that your parents are having fun. Right. And they're like, we're fine, we're fine. And I'm like, you're just saying that. You're not having fun. This is terrible for you. Um, you know, and then, of course, you're doing the exact thing that everybody else is doing because you're like, well, do you, do you want to meet Meryl? Do you want to meet Meryl? Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm just another person doing what everybody else is doing. Right. So, you know, you're all kind of in the same boat. You all just want to give, you yeah. want to have fun and you want to make sure the person that you brought is having fun. And, sure. you know, that's There's sort of how it becomes that. Um, but I'm sorry that I, I mean, I that's, guess, that's really the I guess there's a hierarchy and I guess John Hamm <laughs> is above is, virtually everybody. Is above, yeah. Basically everybody. It's true. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a, so you're here obviously, uh, making the rounds on pitch perfect Two, which is going to make a gajillion dollars <laughs> as we tape this weekend. Um, which is from the, your lips. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's, it's not a, my job to care. So <laughs> you've done your part. <laughs> um, but this is like an unlikely franchise. This is sure this is. is not. Yeah. This was not meant to be weird. this way, did it? Um, I know it's it caught surprising. you off guard. Of course it did. Uh, uh, completely. I mean, I c- like the fact that people like refer to me as like Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect at all is so shocking because yeah, I mean, when we were making the first one, it was just like, is anyone gonna see this? Yeah. Like, I think it's funny. Like, I read the script and thought it was funny, but like, who knows yeah. if people are just gonna be like, oh, it's just Glee, but it's a movie, and you know, why would I pay to go to a theater to see Glee? Sure. And to be honest, like when it was announced and the and the plot was described online like that's what people said you know yeah. so I was like well here we go hopefully we make something that's worth paying you know the the money to see in a theater sure. and um, and yeah I people keep asking me you know was there more pressure on the second one and, right. and I know what you're talking about but I keep thinking yeah, but the second one, we actually knew that people wanted us to make it. Right. On the first one, it was like, maybe we're doing this all for nothing and yeah. no one. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. exactly zero people are going to see this movie. And there, so there was a real pressure to, like, try and sell it and get people in theaters. And, like, the fact that people want you to make a movie is a very rare experience. Absolutely. Because you're usually making something that people are like, well, I don't know. Like, like is it good? Us, what have you really heard? Smart and funny yeah, and interesting. exactly. And, like, so... The idea of knowing that there was like all this goodwill in the world for a movie and you haven't even made it yet yeah. was liberating. Does it feel like, I mean, 
in, you've obviously been part of a franchise, as you and I well know. We both grew yes. up to a degree with Twilight in yes. different ways. We um, really, yeah, we've really matured over the years. <laughs> not really. No. But uh, I do feel like a strange connection always with all of you guys in that cast because yeah. it did uh, it did coincide with my my little career at MTV, <laughs> and to see you guys all branched out in different ways has been fascinating. I mean, you you were kind of an odd case in that. Obviously, the part was small, yeah, and you already had some cool stuff going through different things. Like, like Kristen kind of had some kind of yeah. indie cred, some, yeah. uh, like a career going. Did it? Did it get more and more weird as that franchise continued? Where like the part got smaller, the franchise got bigger, <laughs> and you're just along for the ride. Like, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I always thought about it as like they don't really need me anymore. You know, like I'm getting, no, nobody is coming to see me. I'm not getting any butts in seats. Right. You know, they are coming to see the three heroes and like how it will all shake out for them. Yeah. And then people like remember that I'm in it when I come on screen. They're like, <laughs> like oh, oh right, yeah. she's in this. I like her too. Um, and not even like Anna Kendrick, just like, oh yeah, that character right. is in this is in this franchise. And so I always felt like, you know, I, I was like the the garnish. I was like, yeah. you know, just like if if they felt like having, you know, some extra cheese, it was like, well then, yeah, let's pay, you know, Anna to come back because I was I never knew if I was gonna, right. you know, as with a lot of characters, it was like, are they even gonna write a scene for me? I have no idea. Yeah. And part of me was always like, why would you even like bother putting the kids from school? Like, why would you bother right. putting us back in it if it's just like. You know, we're going to be in there for a scene and, you know, you just got to pay us for the run of show because we show up for a week. And right, right. Like, yeah, I was always amazed that they even like bothered. bothered. So I was like super happy to come back and just witness the chaos. Did, did it feel like that affected your career nonetheless? I mean, I would think the, the big shift, I mean, you can mark different ones, obviously, up in the air and the acclaim that happened there. Uh, but Pitch Perfect, like in terms of marketability and the ability yeah. to like help greenlight a movie on your own, do you feel like that's been like the biggest shift of of a when you when you're the lead in a film all your own? Like, have you noticed something in recent the last couple of years since Pitch Perfect where like okay, I got a little more juice and I can I can do some stuff with that now? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that. Um you know, like with so many stages in in somebody's in somebody's professional life, um, very often it just means that someone is willing to greenlight a movie if you're doing kind of the same thing right. that you're. You know, in the way that after Up in the Air, people wanted me to play the sort of uptight, business driven, right. um, you know, sort of up and comers, and um, and now it's like that very those comedies that are. Um, sort of both broad but smart. Um, yeah. You know, I'm getting offered a, a lot of those kind of things, and it's just about finding one that actually has the spark of Pitch Perfect. You know, right. the and you know, Kay Cannon I think is this is the spark of of Pitch Perfect one and two, and the reason that it wasn't just Glee the movie um, right. because her wit and intellect like elevated that movie, and um, so it's it's um, it's. I'm not really sure what to do next, actually, as a matter of fact. Like, I'm sort of reading scripts and going, like, you know, I got really lucky with Pitch Perfect, yeah. and, I, and I don't want to look at something that feels like Pitch Perfect adjacent and assume that people will respond to it in the same way. I mean, does it – you literally just tweeted this, I noticed, like, half an hour ago and joked about sort of, like – Everybody always bringing up, oh, you're so you're so likable, so down to earth, so, so self deprecating, <laughs> like as if that's a surprise and that well, that just be as, the, the, you know, the I guess like it's one of those weird things where sometimes like like I just did this. Um, th it's not out yet, but I just did this um, like Esquire um, interview and like I talk about um, 
uh, how like if I'm flying somewhere to see my family or something, like I'll fly coach. But I, it's like one of those things where I want to say like, right, but I didn't just like offer that up like I should get a fucking medal for right, it. Right. You know, he asked me if I flew private all the time. So right. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. And like was just saying like, that's not that's not where I'm at. Totally. And um, but yeah, sometimes I'm like, I wasn't saying it as though it should be celebrated. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> saying it like it's a fact. Just like you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's one of those funny things where I always feel really guilty about people being like, God, isn't she amazing? And I'm like, for doing what? For right. doing what? For being a hu- for having basic human decency, like <laughs> well, like most days, most okay. days, yeah. five out of seven days, yeah, I would five say. out of seven days, I'm an all right person. Hey guys, I have an important question. Why is it so difficult to find a snack that's both delicious and healthy for you? This is like the dilemma of my lifetime, and thankfully, our sponsor today is there for me, and more importantly even, it's there for you. There are friends over at Graze.com, and they want to show you the tasty side of healthy snacking. Good news is, guys, you can try this for yourself for free, all by using the code HAPPY. So let me tell you a little bit about the service, okay? Graze.com is a snack service that delivers tasty and nutritious snacks right to your home or work. All the snacks come in perfectly portioned packs. They're great for on the go and they're great for treating yourself without actually overdoing it. They've got over 100 unique snack creations to choose from. Uh, Cookie dippers, pure fruit nut mixes, uh, things like punchy protein nuts with a chili lime twist that's got 7 grams of protein in it. Uh, Campfire s'mores for only 130 calories. You can enjoy those. So So many things to choose from. The deal is that when you sign up, you browse and you rate all the snacks, and it helps them handpick a personalized box to your taste preferences and your dietary requirements. Each snack is approved by their in-house nutritionist, contains no GMOs, artificial flavors, or trans fat, so you can actually feel good about about what you're snacking on. So go to graze.com, that's G-R-A-Z-E.com, right now, get a free trial box, includes four of their top-rated and most delicious snacks. Use the special code HAPPY, that's graze.com, code HAPPY, for your free box. Try it. But it, it, it does feel like there, you know, and I've seen this in talking to different people over the years that the, these things, and you, you're self-aware enough and, and, and cognizant of how the business works to see how people ride this out, where like you are in a wave right now where like, She's the funniest person on social media. She's relatable. She's awesome. She can do no wrong. And like, I should just get out now. <laughs> I'm saying retire like, after this interview. No, I mean that. I mean, that's obviously not an option. But it does feel like. Does that mess with your head? Where you're like, you've seen the ups and downs where people like as much as people like to build people up, they like to tear them down. You're like, are you stealing yourself? To- I've been stealing myself for that since like up in the air though, because truly, um, like no one in the history of entertainment has ever. Yeah just been like on the rise and then like top of their game and it just stays that way forever. Like, no, it's your, there are ebbs and flows and that's a reality. Like this is a fact. It's not like, no, but that won't happen to you. No, it will. It will because that's like, why on earth should anyone, let alone me, be the first person in entertainment <laughs> to be like, no, people just liked her for her whole career. It was amazing. Right. You know, so like, I know it's, I know it's, yeah, exactly. Like, and I've, you know, and I've told this story before, but, um, you know, George Clooney talked about Rosemary Clooney as right. somebody who, um, had this fantastic career and then, um, uh, like, you know, she had a dip in her popularity and it was like, but she, especially with singers, like she didn't 
get worse at singing. Yeah. She was still just as fabulous a singer. Sure. It was just like, so nothing had changed. It was just that like, that's just what happens. Right. So, you know, it's just, it's unavoidable. Like I'm not, I, there's nothing I can do about it and it will happen and that's fine. And you might as well be yourself. Yeah. As opposed to trying yeah. to like conjure up some image that you think that that will be torn down anyway. Like if, yeah. you, if you conjure and, something and up, just more know, effort that way. And just know that like, it's not because you suddenly became you know, a worse person. It's just like the way things go. And hopefully if you keep trucking and keep working hard, yeah. then you can overcome that. Do, do you find, do, do you regret anything like in interviews in tweets and in Instagrams? Do you ever like second guess yourself? Well, simultaneously no. And yes, all the time, you know, like right. nothing that like I can think of off the top of my head, except that if I were to go through any, you know, if you had any interview in front of you right now, I'd be like, Ugh, why did I say that? Right. You know? Right. So uh, going back to, because you've basically been working since you've been virtually able <laughs> to a degree. Do you think that ha has helped give perspective on kind of what we were just talking about? The fact that like you were a working actor and I'm yeah. sure you had to kind of reconcile yeah. with ups and downs even when you're Well, that's a, a the kid. thing, right? So like, I mean, since I was 12 years old, since I got my first job, people have been both telling me and writing, you know, sort of in, in print will say like, well, it's, you know, all uphill from here or whatever that yeah. expression is. You know, it's just like, and then I've gone through long, long stretches of unemployment. So it's not like I've ever... Like, I feel so terrible for the people who, like, come to L.A. and, like, book their first job off their first audition. And then when they do go through a period where things aren't going as well, yeah. it's ju it must be really, like, a mind fuck. Right. Um, can I say no? I don't even know what that word means. Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> um, um, you know, so... Like, you know, <laughs> you know, thank you for failure, I guess, right. as the expression goes. <laughs> right. um, and, um, yeah, I mean... So when you're and how old were you when you when you got nominated for the the Tony then twelve so you're twelve so you, yeah. you 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 lose and the like, Tony like for instance that night are you like oh you're no a twelve no, no. year old girl you're like I mean I I would think that's rough well no because I mean as a twelve year old girl like being nominated like I didn't know what I didn't know what was happening like really? I mean I mean I knew that it was a big deal people around you were excited yeah so and it was also cool. like uh, it was also one of those situations where CD La Loca who was in. Um, the Lion King um, uh, was like favored to win, and then Audra McDonald won. And it, but I was really never a part of the conversation. Like, right. um, it was it was m very similar in a lot of ways to with the oh, Oscars, the where area. like um, Monique like gave this. I mean, just just next level out of this world performance, and right. it was so just about her that year that I kind of got to just relax and you yeah. know I got to like actually drink at the Golden Globes, and I wasn't thinking like, oh, what if it's me? What if it's Vera? Right. Like that would have been weird. Like it right. was actually one of those situations where I was gratefully just happy to be nominated and actually meaning it in both situations because sure. I just didn't have to think about anything. I was just like, the hard part's over, I guess. Yeah. Like, now I'm just like a nominee and that's fucking incredible. The, okay, so we've talked some t uh, somewhat. And my God, if there was like a YouTube video of me giving an acceptance speech at 12 years old, can you imagine how that would haunt me? Can you imagine? <laughs> There's already stuff oh of, I've, I've seen you on Rosie because when I you were was, 12. I've seen I'm, you. Ugh, because I was so like, I wanted to be like precocious and like, ugh, just so cringy. <laughs> so cringy. Can't even deal with it. Let's talk about Okay, we've talked about this in different aspects over the years about sort of like 
influences, pop culture influences growing up. I'm always curious to talk about like, you know, the, the films, the music, the TV, whatever people were obsessed with. I mean, you've talked before about or the rings. You obviously musical theater was huge for you. Um, what am I missing? What was like the key to Anna Kendrick's sole reason of being like at 14? Like what was, um, was 14, what was your 14? I really loved those tattoo necklaces, which are back and terrifying me. You know, those necklaces that like you've seen them on girls in the street now, okay. because like in the last couple of They're months, back. I'm seeing them on like 14 year old girls. Are they, are they know. ironic now? Or are they, or I can't just... tell. I mean, I'm too old to tell like what's ironic, what's sincere. Um, but the tattoo necklaces, okay. um, on, on girls, which like sort of warms my heart because even the most hideous things like make a comeback and like, That's and true. you know, leave it to like a 14 year old girl to to make it look cool now right ironic or sincere i can't tell but like they look great right and it sort of gives me um hope that all of my like blunders will come full circle and be cool again um and uh and at 14 i had like an all-consuming soul crushing um crush on uh, it was unrequited so it was like all i thought about and like really like oh, this, this is funny a civilian or, or a celebrity civilian. no no a civilian okay. um funny you should pick 14 because yeah that year was defined by like <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what this is what that feels like, and I hate it. Did it um, manifest in any way? Was it ever? So it was never discussed. Was it ever? Did it? Was it sort of? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to send you down a, a sad spiral. No, like, like I, I, you know, it's so. But funny I did give though, you a pashmina from I ET, know, so thank, the thank least you could do. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so warm and cozy. I feel so safe. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those funny things where I can't really remember. You know, how much of like, uh, how much of it was me just not being willing to engage and, right. you know, like put myself out there and take a risk right. and how much of it was like I was making it so obvious and this dude was just not into me because, <laughs> you know, it's so hard for you to gauge like something that happened in like your freshman year of high school. And was that here? Was that in New York or was it that? In no, Portland? no, no. That was in that was in Maine. OK. Yeah. So when did you move here for the first time? When were well, you I moved here? here while I was doing High Society when I was sure. 12. Um, but that was just really for the run of show. And, right. my, you know, my dad was with me. I was a 12 year old girl. Um, And I just went back to Maine when the show had finished. And then I moved here when I was 17. So I graduated high school early so I could come to New York. And um, I was like, you know, renting an apartment like off of some bizarre service because, you know, Craigslist didn't exist. And um, I was like renting an apartment um, that sucked up my entire you know, salary that I was getting for um, a little night music at Lincoln Center. Sure. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know, just like trying to be like, thank, thank God social media didn't exist because I was so trying to be like, this is great and I'm 17 and I'm living in New York and I'm, you know, living my dream. But, you know, it was terrifying. Did you have like a friend group? Were you like, hey, well, no, no, you know, because I didn't know anybody in the, I didn't know anybody in the city. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was mostly just hanging out with the people in the show who were, you know, Grown women, men and women, right. um, who you were and very Jeremy cool. Jeremy Irons were hanging out every night. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Irons. Um, I mean, I remember like the the young people in the cast, which, like now, I think about it and I'm like, oh boy, I'll bet some of those guys were younger than I am now. Right. Um, and you know, I just uh, thought they were like the coolest, and you know, I think they like prob- probably conversations like this happened, like. 
Um, should we ask Anna to come out? I mean, yeah, I feel bad. Yeah, okay. Well, well, let's ask her to the din- to dinner, and she's only seventeen, so we'll go out for drinks afterwards. But uh, yeah, I think that'd be nice. And then you burst through the door. Like, what, guys? What? Going on? Do you guys want to hang out? Do you guys want to hang out? And was was Rocket Science the first time you were at Sundance? Was camp at Sundance? Camp was at Sundance. Yeah. Um, so camp and Rocket Science. Um, you know, Sundance uh, camp was a great experience um, for me in a lot of ways. Obviously, it was a great experience because it was so well received at Sundance, but it was also a, a real learning experience because it it taught me that Sundance is not a gauge of how well something will do in the real world because, I mean, standing ovations for camp at Sundance just couldn't have played bigger. And, you know, that movie just, it just made zero dollars because it was a a movie about like freaky children who love musical theater. And, um, but in many ways, but but in many ways was very dark. You know, it wasn't like Pitch Perfect. It wasn't like just celebratory. And it was like dark and weird and about little freaks. And, um, and yeah, so it was some, it's one of those things where like to this day, you know, people, like people that I've worked with have said like that movie helped me come out to my dad. And like, so it's, it meant something to a lot right. of people. And that's why we got the reaction that we did at Sundance, but it wasn't ever going to be one of those movies that meant something to a lot of right. people, like it's, a large audience. And so when we went with Rocket Science, again, huge reaction, couldn't have played better. And I was, and everybody else was like, guys, like, <laughs> You know, this time next year, like we're not even going to be able to walk down the street without. And You're I was like, like, I like don't I've know. been through this before, guys. I don't know, guys. <laughs> Get your hopes up. It's a weird movie with once again an unknown cast, right. like Camp. Like it's hard to market a movie and open a movie with an entirely unknown cast, yeah. which we were. But it, th- that one did, arguably, at least for you and so. Oh, for me, yeah. In terms of my career, like meant tons. You know, like most of the work that I got like up until a few years ago was filmmakers who had seen me in rocket science and i just got to make a movie with jeff blitz this year uh i mean i finished it on uh, i finished it last friday oh wow yeah you've been uh, you you tend to i know this because i'm often you know checking in with team kendrick about what you're up to to try to do silly things with you so and I, i so i get a sense for this and i have a good sense that you're kind of always working. Yeah. Like yeah. You went, We're well, not you, just avoiding you, Josh. Thank I am you. always working. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you did did the what, the accountant. the accountant. Yeah. Um is it just sort of like this is strike while the iron's hot. I feel like all these great things are being offered. I can't say no. Do you need some time off? Sort or are of. you I dying do. Out there? I, funnily, funnily enough, on the way over here, my publicist was like, why am I getting Google alerts that says Anna Kendrick taking a six month break from <laughs> acting? And I'm like, what? What the when did I I mean, you know Sure, that'd be dope, but yeah. like that's not. What are you? Ugh. Um, uh, that's a whole other issue. Um, but um, I'm not comfortable, I guess, like taking intentional breaks. If they right. happen, fantastic. Yeah. But um, it's not something that I ever like say. Like, I right, guys, like I'm sorry, but I just need these three months. I need to just have some me time. And what's happening right now, of course, is that every available second is like well if she has two weeks like can she come and do this small role in this movie or um you know this and that and so i guess it it has led to increasingly crazy um scheduling stuff and just because i'm like doing so much then there's stuff that it like my heart is like just breaking because there's things that 
Um, you know, people want me to do the, the one week part in something that like sounds sounds, amazing, but... sounds potentially disastrous, but also potentially really great. <laughs> like I'm like, I want to do it all because it's all I've ever fucking wanted. Yeah. So the idea of like strategically not doing something is so backwards because yeah. like this is this is all I ever worked for and ever wanted. Like this is why I like moved 3,000 miles away from everything I know and loved and like to get to work with these you know, and, and be in these yes, kind of things yes and like and, yeah. and lived you know like my cable went out because I stopped paying the bill and I just didn't have cable for a couple years and yeah. sometimes the lights went out and sometimes you know it's like so then now like the idea it's just so bizarre the idea that I wouldn't do something as part of a strategy when it's like that wasn't part of it that wasn't part right. of the dream the strategy <laughs> well, so it's just like you know being offered to go and play with like sam rockwell and you know jk simmons ben Affleck. like it's, sure it's it's unbelievable and is this also is there a sense that like for instance i know you're in this book you're going to do a collection of essays yeah. so it's like and frank you know like that could be said to be like well that's kind of a, a left turn or something and like you know there are all these i'm sure like that's an opportunity that probably i don't know if that organically happened or came out of nowhere but like i would imagine you're also at a point where you're getting bizarro offers that you would never even have considered yeah. like host a show sure, and that sure. kind of a thing. So is there a sense of, it's kind of interesting because we're, we're living in an age where I guess more than ever you can do that kind of stuff and still be accepted as an actor. You know what I mean? Like five or 10 years ago, hosting a one-off show or doing a book, it's like, what are you doing with your career? But now it's kind of like everything's equal. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I mean, the like the book, I feel like, the only like I've I've always thought with with like filmmaking people ask me you know oh you want to write something direct something and I and I don't have that impulse if I'm honest um which isn't to say I won't ever but right, right. now I don't because I've always felt like the only reason that I would have to put something of my own out into the world would be to say something that I feel like I would want somebody to be brave enough to say it so that I could go oh my god th that's me that's right. totally I do that and I feel like that's something um like I feel like people you know, as, as they do sort of talk about like me being like down to earth and self-deprecating. And, and I feel like I'm the girl, like some, you look at somebody like Lena Dunham who just does that on another level. And I feel like so inspired by her and so grateful that she's in the world because I'll say I haven't shaved my legs in a week, but she'll take a picture of it and put it online. Right. And I feel like, you know, there are plenty of people who want to go like, yeah, but who wants to see that? Like, Oh, shut up. You know, like right. I think it's incredible and she's just so brave and, you know, I feel like if I could do like one percent of what she does, then that's worth yeah. trying. You know. What, what about uh, here's my uh, unsolicited idea, and who knows, this kind of thing could have been floated already. I feel like I'm predicting you and or Dwayne Johnson hosting the Oscars together. This is what I want to see. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. If I could just ride around on his back the whole time, that's my dream. I feel like... If he could just be hoarder to my brawn. There's... <laughs> oh my God. Yes. There's a sight gag to begin and then it's just sheer comedy for four hours. Oh God. Would you ever, I mean, you're would, making my day. <laughs> would, would that be... I mean, I, like hosting an award show like that, like I suppose never say never, but oh my God, you've got to be <laughs> insane to do that. It's just, it's just, it's the Kobayashi Maru. Like you, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you're so <laughs> screwed. Like, and that's how I felt on a smaller scale about doing SNL. I was so scared because that I felt sure. was the exact same thing where you cannot win. It is designed that you cannot win right. because no matter what, 
one person is going to say it's the best episode of SNL they've ever seen. Another person is going to be like, and you officially ruined SNL. Right. You you are the nail in the SNL coffin, and you're the reason that it all went down. Like, there, every episode of SNL I've ever seen has had comments like, oh my God, that I thought that was so funny. And other people going like, that was so cringy. I can't believe that, you know, Melissa right. McCarthy, like there are people who hate Melissa McCarthy. There are people who are going to hate me. Right. <laughs> and so like SNL was as far as I'm willing to go in that sense. And certainly I think hosting like anything, Emmys, Oscars, Tonys, like it's just, it's the same. Yet I bet, I'm not trying to get in your head or anything. It's that, like, for SNL, for instance, in the abstract, like, one could be afraid of it, and then, like, it's at your feet. Like, how can you say no? How can you say no? You know what I mean? Like, it's like... I know, that's the... I've, like, jokingly, jokingly told um, the, like, talent booker, I was like, don't ever make me do this again. Please don't ever (laughs) offer it to me again, because you can't say no. Yeah. Because you you cannot say no. I mean, and, like, and here's the thing about even saying that is, and it's the thing that I think about in every interview, and it's, like, what I've been in the back of my mind during this interview and every other is like you know that anything can be like taken so I'm saying jokingly so that no someone's like Anna Kendrick has right. asked and vowed to never do it again like no please don't take anything from this interview and make it like a tiny quote that right. means something completely different but they you know but you do luckily the, I at least have don't have the time or patience to cut this up into things so it's going to run unedited <laughs> but if someone is in no but somebody at BuzzFeed does like a, yeah exactly um, you worked with uh, Krasinski also as a director oh, recently he's a hero those guys uh, that couple amazing. I mean is they're so they're annoying. They're so, ugh. They're, yeah, they're so cool. And Emily, like, uh, you know, which is so annoying of me to think this because, like, it's, you know, I, I, I like, looked at Emily and was like, she's going to be, like, icy and British and beautiful and unapproachable. And she's, um, and instead, you know, she's just, like, the funniest, coolest, like, you know, ugh, I hate myself, but so down to earth, so self-deprecating. Um, but she is just like brutally funny. Yeah, and you know, they're they're a match made in heaven because he is he is all the same things. Where, where, when when and where did you learn of the Kobayashi Maru? Is this from childhood, or did you catch up with Star Trek later? I caught up with Star Trek later. I, I well, when I was, um, is it was it. Next Generation was Picard. Uh, 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 who was, yes, that's Picard. Yeah. Uh, Next Generation, and I didn't, I didn't get on board with that. Um, I was, I was always Star Wars over Star Trek, right. and the and the J.J. Abrams films are just absolutely fantastic. So yeah, it's not like a long term right. thing that was always in my brain. It was, okay. it, it's you know, I think of Zach Quinto doing it. Right. So <laughs> okay. Let's so not. You get a bit of respect. Not, not my whole. <laughs> yeah. Let's not think that I'm any better than I am. Right. No. We put you back in your place. Yes, good. please. Um, congratulations. I'm a, I'm a filthy casual is what I am. <laughs> uh, congratulations on dropping in Kobayashi Maru and making it sound like you knew what you're talking about. Thank you very much. And less importantly, congratulations on Pitch Perfect 2. Thank you very much. Um, I'll see you soon. And thank you for uh, finding your way to my silly little office. And uh, you can you can keep the E.T. Pashmina no, if you that, want. No, that's, too, too, that's a step too far. I'm going to put it back on him because he looks cold. That's very sweet of you. Okay. Good to see you. Anna. Good to see you, Josh. <laughs> That's the show, guys. I'm Josh Horowitz. This has been Happy, Sad, Confused. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to wolfpop.com. Check out all the amazing shows over there. And most importantly, check back in next week for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. 
Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Graze.com, the snack service that wants to show you the tasty side of healthy snacking. Graze.com delivers tasty and nutritious snacks right to your work or home, perfectly portioned and ready for on-the-go snacking. Each snack is approved by their in-house nutritionist and contains no GMOs, artificial flavors, or trans fat, so you can feel good about what you're snacking on. Choose from over 100 unique snack creations and rate all the snacks when you sign up to help them handpick a personalized box of snacks for you. So go to graze.com, that's G-R-A-Z-E.com right now to get a free trial box that includes four of their top-rated and most delicious snacks. Use the special code HAPPY. That's graze.com, code HAPPY, for your free box. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.